From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. I didn't know if you were sneezing or throwing up. I didn't know what you were doing over there. You all right there, buddy? Yawning. No. Uh, was my storytelling uh, boring? Did I put you to sleep there, buddy? I had a few cocktails last night, and I didn't get to sleep. Oh, really? Yeah. What kind of... What, I, welcome in, everybody. It's hour number three, the Big and Wild Outdoors. Brain Gun, Michael T. Drunkard Singleton here. In Good the morning. Oh, and I, I failed to mention two hours into it. I haven't mentioned Diego one time. Sorry, buddy. I, I just, you know. I've been I, waiting every segment. I'm I know. I'm sorry. It's my fault. Uh, you know, nah, I don't need credit. I'm good. You, you deserve yeah. you deserve credit because you are good. So, uh, you know, sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. Apology accepted. I'm apologizing right to your face, right through uh, four layers of paint soundproof glass. So, there you go. I'll mouth it to you. There you go. <laughs> Look at that face. <laughs> he's, he's, like, about to say something. he's like, whatever, man. Just shut up and do your thing. Uh, Jonathan is out uh, running around uh, showing pigs today with his daughter. So he's out uh, doing daddy things. And uh, if you listened last hour, Bill George and Carlos, the uh, Cuban redneck, are down south in Clewiston out there shooting some ducks. Uh, I know that we have one malted that Carlos got. We got one malted and three uh, blue wing teals down so far. When I say we mean, I mean they. So it's it's all good. Yeah, you happy with that? I love it. So love back it. to the uh, cocktails. What were you celebrating last night? What was the big occasion? I was celebrating life. Just now, life I had in no reason. I just uh, I had some. I had, Did I'm you take on the wife? Old fashioned. Yeah, Did you wife take the wife? Okay. I had to have a driver. Right. Okay, okay. I'm just... Yeah, I had to drive. I had my wife, my daughter. Yeah. Um. So you went out there and got in front of your drunk in front of your daughter and showed her the great example that you were of a not in front teetotaler. Uh, I wouldn't. Inf- no, she st- was making the drinks. Why is daddy's time? <laughs> <laughs> My daughter makes the best old fashioned. <laughs> <laughs> you want that stirred, not shaken, right, Dad? Yeah, sure, that's good. No, if it's up to Mac, get a diet coke, Dad. So you're uh, you're hooked on the uh, the old uh, the old style. You- I love it. So you're Love officially it. 68 now today? Yeah, I feel like it, yeah. The, the My old, buddy Raleigh brought this, uh, the, the old this fashion combination and made it for me. And ever since then, I'm like, man, I can't get enough of them. I love them. I do. You ever had them? No. You're joking. No, I haven't. It's very good. I, uh, what's in it? Uh, uh, bourbon. You can use any kind of bourbon. Uh, orange peel. Hold on, hold on. I'm trying to remember. Bitters. Uh-huh. Uh, last night the lady was making it with sugar, but every time I talk to someone, they make it different. But this sure. drink is so good; it just tastes good. <laughs> okay. And I'm telling you, after nine, 
It, it's like <laughs> the best thing I've ever drank in my life. Starts to taste like water? Yeah. Yeah. After, yeah. The, after nine of these, I don't even taste them anymore. And it's weird. It's like NyQuil because, you know, you, you wake up and I'm like, why am I on the front porch? Ah! How'd I get there? No, I'm joking. <laughs> I don't know. I always, I just, I just went by the name. Old fashioned means that's probably some, not something that I probably want to drink. It's, it's, it's probably something they made back in the day of the old uh, prohibition era, where they <laughs> added stuff to it to make it taste like something else that it's not going to make you blind. No, yeah, it is really. Honestly, it, it's. It reminds really me, of, like I don't even know what those drinks are that my dad used to order when we were at fancy restaurants that had the uh, uh, onion in them. I don't even know what that is. What is that? The little pearl onion, you know, that, oh. would, that would be in there. It would be in the what drink. What is that? I, uh, martini or I, something? I, I don't. I don't know. Olives go in martinis. I always but assumed. There's, there's, I thought. I could. Have I don't know. Maybe wrong. If Gino's listening, he would know. He was bartending for a while, so he would know, or somebody may know. I don't know. If there's a pearl, I think it's a pearl onion. Yeah. You know, that uh, they put in there, then it's some other drink. I don't know. How did we even get Maybe on? somebody will call in and tell us what it is. I don't know what <laughs> don't it is. I uh, just got a report in from Bill George via text. Two blue and a green. So, wait, is that added to the other three blues that they got? So, are we looking at... Uh, He's about to limit out. Yeah, so we're... Uh, wait, does a green wing count as a blue wing, or are they all just under the teal banner? So, that means that would be three, four, five... So he's got Uno left, and then he's pretty much done. Carlos, on the other hand, has got one malted duck, which, in my humble opinion, is worth at least two of the teals, at least when it comes to the noshing part of it. They are quite delicious, so I'm not going to poo-poo those. I don't think they're in an area that's going to be overloaded with wood ducks, per se. So <laughs> I think that they're going to have to rely on the uh, teal and the malted to get her done. But that's the report so far. So we got three blue wing. Wait, wait, two, three, four. Wait, where is that six? One, two, three. How many's on the back of the tailgate? Three, right? Yeah. There, so there three, three, three blue wings, and then uh, two blue and a green. So that's three, four, five, six. That's six. He's done. Oh, that is Gene. So, so yeah. See, Gino would know. I told you if he was listening, he would know. Gino, Braino, it's a Gibson. Oh, okay. A Gibson. See, I knew what's, there was a What's in a Gibson? It. It's, a, it's a vodka, and I think they dress it with a, a pearl onion instead of an olive. And that's it? <laughs> I think sometimes they make it with vodka instead of gin. What, you mean a martini? Yeah, yeah, a martini, a martini. So it is a martini. Oh, yeah, that's what I was saying. But it's a Gibson martini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just called a Gibson. So if it has... Vodka in it, and it gets an onion, and if it has gin in it, it gets an olive. I, I don't know if, if it's uh, <laughs> if you could ask for Gibson, it's a, a regular gin martini with a man. I just drink whiskey out of it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what do you think of old fashions? Um, you know, I'll be honest with you, I usually don't go, and that's not really a fancy drink. That's what my folks used to drink, those oh, and oh uh, man. Manhattan's. See? But it's, it's, a nice, it's a nice change up once in a while. See, that's what I'm saying. He's under the same yeah. mindset as I am. It, that to me, you say old-fashioned, it means uh, you're 68 years old. If you're drinking... Well, uh, you know, it's when my grandparents were 68 years old, and I was 12 or 13. Yeah. That's, so that's what, Rob Roy's Manhattan and uh, old-fashioned. That's what all the... 
<laughs> but, you know, bourbon went out of favor. Now it's all hip because of TV shows, you well, know. Well, See, Braden, we were way ahead of our time back then when we were out at Gandy Beach. See, Braden <laughs> and Tom, we had the twenty, the, the Ruger handgun challenge. We'd get drunk and decide we're going to go to Tide Swamp the next day and hunt squirrels with Rugers. The only thing is I had a Red Hawk. That is so. true. And then Tom got one. I think he had the, the 44 mag as well. You guys are shooting 22s, and I got a 44. So I think I <laughs> had a a disadvantage to y'all. Yeah, we so. just we'd bring uh, Gino in when they would get up in those palm trees. Yeah, and they get up in those the dead parts, and they just get tucked in there, and they just stick their head out a little bit, and they'd be like, "Gene, bring that damn <laughs> magnum up here, <laughs> shoot that thing out of there, man!" <laughs> Boom, you know, knock him out. You're right. We'd be out drinking Rebel Yell at 11, 12 o'clock, say, let's go hunting, and we'd all answer the bell, man, you know? I don't know. I, it's to be young. Do you remember that one time you and I drove up in my old Chevy, and uh, we had the heater on going full blast, but we had both the windows down, and we got to, God, was we were at Sullivan's dad's place or something up there uh, near, uh, near Cedar Key, and I think you slept in the truck, and I slept on the ground. On those palm uh, palm fronds and uh, under a Mexican blanket. Remember, I used to have over the bench because oh, yeah. that holes in the seat, as everybody does. But uh, yeah, man, bright and early. As soon as the sun would start, you know, burning one side of your face, you'd wake up and go, "Well, it's time to go hunting." <laughs> I just remember we were there. It was like twenty five degrees one night, and there were still mosquitoes. That was it. That was the night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was yeah. that was the night. Uh, were we? we were on the ground sleeping in the Palmetto Hotel. Yeah, were we? That was at, was that that was at Sullivan's place, I think. Yeah, it was in Rosewood, Florida, up there. Yeah, of course, his father had this beautiful A-frame house out there in the middle of the woods, you know, at the end of a dirt road, and it was just out in the middle of nowhere. And instead of going in the house and sleeping, we just decided to sleep on the ground next next you know next to the truck. Yeah. <laughs> And what was the I don't temperatures? Think we started a fire, man. We just fell out of the truck and went to sleep. Yeah, didn't even start a fire. <clears throat> I don't know. It was like twenty something degrees that night. I remember that. I just remember they were mosquitoes. It was that cold, and there were still mosquitoes there, man. Jeez. And we're all covered up except our faces. They were biting our cheeks and our foreheads. Good God Almighty! How do you remember all that, man? Well, you're remembering it too, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think our bodies reacted to uh, Rebel Yell a lot different back then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gene. Hey, do you, like, you like that picture I sent you the other day? Yes, I do. Your, I don't know who that was. I thought that was your girl, man, up there doing all no, that that's, slaughtering. That's her best friend, Lenny. My girl, she doesn't hunt. Just because they're from Kentucky, they don't all. They're not all hunters, man. But that girl does. She, she got an elk last year. She's she out hunts her husband. That's She's awesome, out. man. I know Gino. Gino doesn't even have to hunt anymore. All of his in-laws go out and slaughter enough deer to where they can go. Look, we got too much. I'll send you down two hundred pounds. Okay. And them Ohio River deer are some nice big deer. Big too, fatties, buddy. man. I'll yeah. show you the picture during the break. We got to go, Gene. All right, buddy. Good talking to y'all. You too. Memory Lane. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. <laughs> brought to you by Brandon Ford. We'll be back.
Welcome in, everybody. Good morning on this beautiful Saturday morning. Thank you so much for getting up and hanging out with us a little bit. On your way to uh, go get your honeydews list uh, done or uh, head to the store or whatever. I love how the uh, the meteorologists this past week were telling me that these cold clouds were going to come in. Didn't they have like some special name for them that uh, along with the front that these cold clouds were going to be the ones who come in and uh, hold the Excuse me. Hold the cold in. Uh, usually they tell you that it holds the heat in, but I guess uh, uh, it's going to be one of those things where it does the opposite. I don't know. Who's that from, by the way? Uh, the Renee. Text. Renee, my uh, buddy's wife. She listens on Saturday morning. Oh, she does? Yeah. So she's I didn't get to read all of it, but uh, what was her response to uh, sleeping on the ground with mosquitoes? Uh, what is it? I can't read the last part. <laughs> <laughs> sleeping outside in the woods. <laughs> yeah. Biggest worry, mosquitoes, uh, blank that. I'll put it that way. Her biggest mistake, what, she says sleeping outdoors is no big deal if it's just the mosquitoes? No, her worry is mosquitoes. Oh. And then she said blank that. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. Raccoons, hogs, bears. Not worried, not worried, not worried. <laughs> not worried. Not worried about any of those things. Trust me, we, we would be fine. Uh, uh, we would be remiss if we did not say... Uh, uh, we did get some good news uh, out of the uh, – uh, I'm sure that if you've watched the news any time besides what was going on up in Washington before that, we had an FWC officer who uh, was attacked and uh, run over and beaten by some individuals out at the River Ranch area. And, uh, of course, they've subsequently been caught – Two right there um, in the woods over there in the River Ranch area. One they apprehended down back in Miami. I said, now there's a true friend. You know, helps you uh, beat up a cop and then go, okay, I'll see you guys later. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he gone. He gone. So uh, they apprehended him in uh, northern Miami somewhere around there. So I'm sure that justice will prevail on that one. Grady Judd, you get that boy's hackles up. Things get to move pretty quick. Yeah. I, you know, he doesn't seem to mess around a little bit, but it got me talking uh, this past week with uh, friends and family, people that I know that are either associated with the FWC or actually work for the FWC. And, uh, you know, you have to remember just about everybody they encounter, unless, of course, they pull you over for DUI uh, or, or any of that stuff out on the water. Um, the chances are if it's out in the woods and they're out on a management area or anywhere it's on private property or a trespassing call or something like that, you got to remember that almost every single time they're dealing with an armed individual. Right. Somebody who already has a gun in their hand for the most part, whether it be poaching at night or uh, trespassing with a firearm or, uh, you know, just out, uh, even if you're out hunting legally and they approach you, yeah. they you literally are talking to somebody not in the presence of, like, any other law enforcement agency where you have to assume that there may be a firearm in the car or they might be armed or what. FWC guys walk in there knowing that guy's already got a gun because they've been watching him for 20 minutes or 30 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever it is. So they have a reason to approach them for the most part. Or they just walk up. Yeah. How you guys doing? Yeah. Is everything good? You know, some of them might even go, saw a couple of nice eight points right up here up the road. You know, if you're nice, you know, that kind of thing. But this event that happened out at uh, River Ranch, 
I was talking to some folks who uh, have been going out there for years, and they're really kind of concerned now that uh, law enforcement and the agencies are going to be putting a a uh, a tougher eye on those areas out there. Uh, you know, they do incorporate drone technology and other things like that that go on in this world, but it's going to call attention to them in a not so fashionable light, I should say. Right. But you know what? Growing up as a kid, I'd been out to River Ranch maybe twice. And both times I ever went out there, I mean, it might have changed over the years. I'm not going to assume anything right now, but my two experiences that I ever went out there with, all I saw was a bunch of drunken fools out there running around like crazy people on ATVs, uh, swamp machines, or rail buggies uh, running around out there like crazy people. Right. And everywhere I went out in the woods, it looked like some little squatter's village out there. That's that way. Well, I, I went out there a few years back. Well, probably 15, 20 years back, but I went out there with some friends and it was the same thing. It was just like, you were going to get ran over or you were going to get shot. One of the two was going to happen. And the thing is, is they did not make me feel welcome whatsoever out there. If you're not a member of the club or whatever it is or whatever you had to do to uh, maintain your access to that piece, uh, uh, they were just like uh, you were interlopers. There. They gave you the stink eye. Yeah, no matter where you went. And I went out there one time with a, a Jeep club uh, to go out there and go ride around for the day and all that stuff. That's all they're going to do. And I don't mean like racing, but you know how Jeep guys are. They want to crawl through everything or go find a hole somewhere or a mm-hmm. ditch to cross. I mean, it's not like they're out there cutting down trees and chasing hogs. And uh, but just not made us feel welcome out there whatsoever. And if you go back in time, if I'm not mistaken, how long have you lived here? My whole life. Okay. Was it not true that back in the day there was a big dispute between the state of Florida and the people that were out there squatting on that land, that it was actually state-owned land and that these people were squatters and that they were illegal? and Right. They weren't. They were supposed to. So I guess you could camp to a certain amount, but then there was folks that just weren't leaving. They weren't going home. They, that was home to them. And I remember that uh, they the I forgot who went out there and started cleaning up, and it got ugly. And yeah, it got really ugly when they started taking down camps and removing them that were considered to be permanent camps. But the last time I was out there, I saw things that looked like permanent structures to me, you know, with water systems on them and everything, and generators and all this other stuff out there. I mean, I don't know that it's changed or that the rules have changed. And I was wondering if any of our listeners would may know more about it than I do. Yeah. I mean, uh, I you know, people, I'm not talking about River Ranch Resort. Totally different, you know, totally different dealio whatsoever. Fun place. But I'm talking about the original River Ranch that everybody used to go to. And and, and that in the back, the, the part you're talking about out the back where it's just land. You, you just park. You, like you said, you got to have a water tower. If you're going to have water, you got to have generate. There's nothing out there. But it always seemed, But it always seemed to me like it was like the most lawless place ever. You always heard about people out there poaching or jacklighting or whatever you want to call it, you know, shooting deer at night, running hogs, running over hogs with ATVs. They don't even use dogs or anything and uh, shootouts and drunken things and fights, people burning down other people's uh, shanties or whatever it is. And it just never seemed like a place that I would like go, you know what, I'm going to grab the kids this weekend and head out to River Ranch. Yeah. Because every time I ever went there, I I just did not have a good time. 
it just made me feel like crap to be out there. I was right. like, you know what, dude? The, you know, stink out. It's like it's like the old days of hunting south of Perry. Right. Well, <laughs> y- y- <laughs> well, the like, thing is, the thing is, out there, it's like if you don't know the secret handshake, you best get out. That's true. There's uh, a secret handshake, and if you haven't figured it out. Go home. Yeah, or if uh, you know you're not uh, somebody's kid who's been coming out there since he was twelve, right? Uh, you know, and now you're bringing your kids out there, kind of thing. It was like the old days uh, when uh, uh, they used to put the counties at the bottom of our tags. Mm-hmm. Remember those days when it would say Pinellas underneath or Hillsboro or whatever county that you came from, and you'd be south of Perry, pull into a convenience store, and inevitably they come out and there'd be two guys standing around a truck. So where are you boys hunting out there, Mr. Pinellas County? <laughs> like, uh, it's really none of your business or anything. And they're like, well, we know you're not going to be up here off of 375 up here or anywhere else up here because that's where we're going to be running dogs. And if you are out there, uh, you know, we see your truck parked out there, things can happen. <laughs> And you're like, uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, seriously. I mean, it was that same intimidation that you would get if you went somewhere else within the state of Florida. I remember one time Steve Austin and I were going up to hunt up at Dixie Sportsman's Lodge with our buddy Dave. Pulled into a convenience store. We got the whole, you know, where y'all going, Pinellas County boys, that kind of thing and all that stuff. And uh, Steve was very animate about the whole thing. He's like, that ain't none of your business where we're going, man. We're going to hunt where we're going to hunt. And we got the, well, don't be going up and up because we're running dogs through that whole area up there. He goes, we're not going anywhere near there. But if we were, uh, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> if we're there, what are you going to do about it? What they say. And the guy, and that's when the guy's like, well, if I were you, then I wouldn't park my truck anywhere where somebody might, you know, run into it. Wow. And that's when Steve said, uh, look, I'm going to park my truck wherever I want to. And if it's where your dogs are, if I come out and my cooler's missing, I'm going to hunt you down. (laughs) 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 But anyway, we went up to Dave's. Of course, that was private land, so, you know, there there was nothing up there. But, you know, I used to, we used to get that all over the place up in that neck of the woods. Not so much in Tide Swamp or Gulf Hammock or any of those, even over by Steinhatchee and stuff like that was always pretty good. Mm -hmm. It was like when you got between Salem and Perry, it got really, really bad. Yeah. And, uh, you know, territorial, dude, all those, you know, cause remember all those dog clubs and all the hunting clubs and they ran dogs through all that, all those years where the old days where they would, uh, you'd go by a gate and there'd be five collars hanging on the gate. Somebody had, you know, killed your dogs and you know, I mean, they almost came to a damn shooting war up there <laughs> over a dog, over dogs. All right. We're taking a quick break. You guys, it is the big and wild outdoors. We are brought to you by our good friends over at Brandon Ford. Lots of great deals going on every day. Over at Brandon Ford. That's why they're number one. They're number one in the country. Because they make the best deals, got the best products for you at the best price. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We'll be back. Hey, this is Jonathan. Most of you know me as the co-host of Big and Wild, but I also want to talk to you about my shop, Arrowhead Archery. We're one of the oldest shops in the country and stock brands from Prime, Matthews, Hoyt, Obsession, and PSE. We also have all the accessories to outfit your equipment, plus a level three instructor for our youth and adult programs and regular league nights for everyone. 
Check us out at 10818 East US Highway 92, Tampa, Florida, airheadarcheryshop.com, and our phone number is 813-621-4279. Stop by and see us. Sportsman's Alliance, our heritage, our fight, protecting hunting from coast to coast. Did you know that Florida ranks first in number of sportsmen and anglers with 3.15 million that spend 5.9 billion a year supporting over 94,000 jobs? Did you know that sportsmen and women contribute nearly 8 million to the economy every single day, adding more than 2.9 billion every year for conservation? Just another fun fact showing how sportsmen and women are helping make a difference. Sportsman's Alliance, our heritage, our fight. Protecting hunting from coast to coast. Well, that was fast. Hey, hey, hey. Braden Gunn, Mike Singleton, Big Wild Outdoors, hanging out in here this morning. Bill George, Carlos, they're down south cleaning up on them ducks. What did we get? Uh, four teal? I don't know. Uh, he's got one malted and what was the other one? There was some other one, too. I don't remember. I don't want to go back and look at my messages. Because, you know, they're giving us updates as we go through the entire thing of a hopper. Uh, let me see here. I gotta check the check the pictures, so that they're legal. Um, two. He got two more blues and a green. So he finally got a green wing tail. But so, I think he's done now, right? So there were three uh, on that, the tailgate. That's four, five. That's five blue wing teals and one green wing. One of them's done. Yeah. Well, unless they split it up and say. I don't know. It doesn't say who got who. Who got what? I don't. It just says two blue and a green. That's the last update from him uh speaking of birds i did want to let you know that the fwc had put out their little uh little one of their little flyers this past week <clears throat> i've completely forgot about this i thought i'd given up on this years ago but they wanted to remind everybody about the the uh quail enhancement areas and uh, hunt dates and other opportunities on management areas where you can get out and actually uh hunt some quail I know that it's not as easy to find them as it used to be. And I know that the FWC for many, many years has been working to try to get quail back into management areas. Uh, I remember back in the days when they uh, reintroduced them back into citrus was the big place. And I don't know if it worked out very well because every time I'd ever go out there, I never saw them, and you didn't hear them. You know, you, sometimes you hear them in the evenings when they're all doing the gathering calls and things like that, and you would hear them all over the place, like we used to hear where these buildings are. <laughs> there used to, be a, used to be quite a few quail that used to run around in this area here, but not no more. Um, and uh, they've really, you know, they really have tried to do, I think, a really good job of trying to introduce them back into it. And quail are not easy because if they're pin raised uh, to the point of where they're mature enough and you go and just release them, their chances of survival are, are very, very slim. I remember back in the day I attended a Quail Unlimited 
uh, banquet or when they were trying to get some chapters started here in the Tampa Bay area and stuff like that, uh, and listening to the numbers of what they were trying to go through, it was not it was not easy. It's not an easy bird to reintroduce back into the wild. Now, aren't they kind of the type that they'll fly right back home every night? Is that correct? Uh, if they have their areas that they like to make a giant circle and they kind of circle back to, if they can't get back to their very area before it gets dark, it's it's kind of a weird thing, you know. You it's almost like a, it's almost like an elk herd. You know, you have a, a male that has a bunch of chicks that hang around, a bunch of females, and they all kind of hang out together. It's not like turkeys where, you know, the Tom's like, go, okay, see you girls in the spring. You know, it's right. like, nice seeing you, honey. Goodbye. Uh, they always, they live in a unit, and, of course, they get in their little rings at the end of the night for protection. You know, they all sleep butt in mm-hmm. like a king cake, you know, and uh, <clears throat> they all kind of hang out together. And so when the, the the females start nesting, they kind of go into an area, but they kind of stay close. It's a weird kind of setup, uh, socially, anyway. And they nest on the ground, so, yeah, so everything gets a hold of them. Well, you know, everybody used to say, well, it's them damn fire ants. Fire ants are taking them out of here. Fire ants are this, that, and the other thing. Well, if that were true, there'd be no quail in Texas. <laughs> I mean, there would be literally no quail. And there are more quail in Texas than you can shake a stick at because they have the habitat to be able to go out there and live in the grassy areas and do what it is they got to do. And uh, now I'm not to say that there's not predation when it comes to fire ants, but uh, talking with the experts, they brought in the guy from the plantation up in Tallahassee, which is like one of the world-class uh, quail hunting areas in the world. And their wild quail population that they have there is like extraordinary through the roof. So they brought him in as an expert to try to help out, you know, mm-hmm. get it done down here. And the first thing they said, of course, is the first thing you got to do is what? Kill the raccoons off. <laughs> well, that'd be a, probably a secondary start. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> I had to sneeze. I had to wait for that one. Um, burn. Burn, baby, burn. You got to burn. Really? <clears throat> you got to burn. You got to get that stuff. You got to get it to where it's uh, a greater habitat, where you have more seed grass and things like that that the quail actually munch on. Quail are not known to eat palmetto berries or, uh, you know, anything else that, you know, muscadine grapes or anything else. They're seed eaters that move around Mm -hmm. through the grasses. So if you don't have big, tall, seed-producing grasses, they're not around too much. Right. So burning, burning is one of the great things you need to do. Cleanse it with fire. But uh, so anyway, get back on topic here. If you're going to go out and you want to get an opportunity to, and I have a couple of buddies of mine that I've known for many, many years who actually do. They do the dog training on management areas. They go through the whole process. They put in for the quotas, and they go out, and they really hunt their butts off in management areas. They don't get a lot, which you would get at some other paid place or something like that, but at least they go out and they do it the hard way with dogs. Um but Twin Rivers in the Blue Springs unit is uh, starting on uh, today, January 9th. Goes 16th, 23rd, and 30th, all the way through February 6th, uh, and then the 13th. That one actually requires a permit. And the sad part is, is that when you look at this, you would think that it would be on every management area. 
But these are the ones that have the quail enhancement programs going on on them. So you got Twin Rivers, you got Apalachicola, which is up there, Blackwater, which is right literally on the border of Alabama. Mm -hmm. And then you've got uh, Jennings Forest, Three Lakes, which I think is the closest one to us around here. And, And that's it. That's sad to say, but that's it, bro. But, you know, I, I, when's the last time you saw a bunch of them? So I kind of understand that the whole, uh, let's calm it down a little bit. Well, it's not that, these are the areas where they're actually doing the programs. They're actually extending the quail hunting programs. So they're got the little uh, nester box things in the feeder dealios. You'll see them out in the management area. Sometimes they're like, what the hell is that? And uh, it's like, what was there, chicken feeder out here? What is that? <laughs> What was that for? I mean, I remember you see them out in Citrus and uh, trying to enhance them and do all that. But uh, I I literally, I think the last time that I walked up on a covey that literally scared the living bejesus out of me, you know, a wild quail covey was, I think, I think I was out on Mr. Lightsey's property where I was just hooky-dooky through the woods. I think I was deer hunting. How long ago was that? Oh, man. That particular one was probably seven, eight years ago at least. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was one of those times where, you know, I was going from one point A to point B, and the next thing you know, you know, you're like, yeah, you sons of. We, we used to hunt out off of Lutz Lake Burn. Uh, now it's Villa Rosa or something like that behind Cheval back in there. There was quail everywhere, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Like we said before, nothing but houses. They're gone. They're gone. They're gone. And, and the thing is, is you would think that they, oh, well, they could survive. There's golf courses out there, and there's uh, beautiful lawns, and there's all that. No, I just told you. They literally need, like, grass, high grass, seed area type things, and that's not allowed on a golf course. That's not permitted out right. there on a golf course. Even in the rough, it's not really rough, you know, that where they could sustain or live in. Uh, I know that there was a place down in Manatee where uh, Glenn and I used to hunt uh, that had a nice quail population on it that was not too far from the river down there. It was really nice. And uh, I hate to bring Gino into it again, but I remember we used to go down um, down by Fort Lonesome. And around that area, dude, it was loaded with quail, always out there. And because there were still a lot of orange groves in those areas, and around those orange groves and in those orange groves is what? Tall grass, yep. and the quail loved it. They would, they, they just, they loved to be able to get out in the open areas sometimes, but then you know, bleep, you know, back into the grass where they're protected. Yep. And uh, Fort Lonesome was always a good spot to go down there and go quail hunting. Um, I saw a story the other day. <clears throat> I didn't even know this was going on. It tells you how long it's been since I've been down there. But uh, you know, when we used to go dove hunt, we'd always go down to the celery fields down in uh, down around Sarasota area down there. Take 75, go down the, the hard way. We mm-hmm. didn't have the cut through like we do now where you get off the Skyway and just keep going to okay, 75 yeah, and yeah. go down. You used to have to turn down, go down 41, go through Palmetto, cut down the back way, cut through and cut back over and then get on 75, you know, do it the hard way. I didn't know this, but now there's some like ginormous park there. There's like a ginormous hill park or something down there. I saw a little like uh, on the road segment or something on the news and so I'm going to take the kids and have to go take a drive down there and see what the hell they've done to that place. You know, it's funny you say that. Just last night, everywhere I turn, they're building warehouses, and they're just sitting there. Like like uh, I was coming uh, 
back down Knights Griffin the other night. Off to the side there, there's giant warehouses there's, and, and just sitting there. That's the thing that's going on is they're tearing all this stuff down, like the habitats. And Orange groves, all that right. stuff. And putting a building there that we hope somebody's going to rent it. Yeah. If you build it, he will come. Yeah. 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 Well, I know there's a lot of those going on and, around there, or, especially off the main interstates and off the main roads and things. Uh, one of our great camping paintball uh, crazy times, you know, when I was in high school with Gene and everybody else, it was always, you know, let's head to Gulf Hammock. You know, that was our stomping grounds. You know, it was like like we talked about earlier, standing around a campfire at Gandy and all of a sudden it's like, dude, let's hunt tomorrow. Okay, let's go get our stuff. And you jump in a truck and you drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I got older, it was... Uh, we had a little spot on the other side of the the Sunshine Skyway down there in Manatee, where it was, hey, you know what? I'm bored. Let's go down. Let's go down to the campsite, and we'd go down. We'd be able to shoot guns. We'd go you know, camping out if you wanted to. Go play paintball, whatever you want to do. Now, dude, it's what you said. There's a giant warehouse there. Right. Used to be an orange grove in the backside of an orange grove, and they just went in there and shoop, took it all down, built the parking lot, and this thing. I don't even know what's in the building. Yeah. Well, the funny <clears> thing <throat> is, you you hear these people. I got so many beautiful deer in my backyard. And then when the deer start eating things, they're calling somebody. Well, you're you're the person that thought that that warehouse is a great idea down the road. Where are they going to go? Your backyard. And now we have to come kill it. It has to be killed. It's the way they think. Oh, no. They want you to rehabilitate them in somebody else's backyard. Can you do that? <laughs> Can you talk him into staying? Can Put, you grab a deer, take re- it out somewhere, and go look? Rehabilitate him in a freezer. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Kill, kill it before it grows. And the word, and the name, and the great immortal words of Bob Marley. <laughs> kill it before it grows. All right, break time. Here we go. Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by Brandon Ford. Do it. We'll be back. everybody it's a big and wild outdoors bring gun mike singleton here in the studio this morning as mike chokes down the what's left of his sausage mcmuffiny type of thing in my hopper what's the deal with throwing away the uh the top of the muffin there man what's uh, are you uh are you getting trying to lose a little of the 2020 uh is that what you're doing there dropping some lbs is that what you're doing getting Run. back into your fighting weight oh yeah what are you, you what are you what are you gonna do are you trying to become a jockey or something what's the well, I just figured I look good fat. So imagine if I was a little skinnier, I'd look real good. Oh, is that the attitude? Host number one has to look the best. So you're uh, you're reducing your carb intake. Is that uh, the premise of your? Yeah, it works deal? real well for me. Have you uh, done it on the fast food scale where you uh, pull in there and you go, "Yeah, I'd like a, a Whopper, no bun." Funny you say that. This morning when I picked up breakfast. Are you kidding me? You really did do that? Yeah. Wait, I do get the Whopper with no bun. I swear. I just had it Do yesterday. they charge you the same amount? Oh, yeah. What the? 
What am I going to do? Feed the bread to the uh, seagulls, seagulls? Can eat that? Yeah, sure. So this morning at Boy McDonald's, <laughs> I ordered an. I want egg and sausage only. Okay. So an egg McMuffin without the McMuffiny part, without the muffin yes, part. Yes, $4.39. I said, okay, I'll have so the wait. egg McMuffin. Wait, I'll have the egg McMuffin. $3.19. So if I add bread, the price goes down. But I noticed that you left off the cheese part. So you wanted the, the sausage and just the egg, no cheese in there? No, I didn't need the cheese. I would, but I didn't think about it. <laughs> So they were going to charge you more to uh, take to give you less. So, so I got a great example just sent to me. My uh, my buddy Renee says Renee. Now this is a male Renee. Nope. This some Frenchman. Nope. Uh, Renee. Um, so it's a female Renee. Wait, fat people don't get kidnapped. Eat cake. But, uh, see, we're all safe. But you know, hey, what? you Diego, you need to watch out, buddy. <clears throat> they can take you. I need to start eating some cake. Yeah, you got to eat lots of cake. You know, uh, back in the day, Mike Allsott used to come by, and he would, like, do one of these. He'd, he'd kind of just gently tap me on my belly. He'd just walk by and kind of go, and he'd give me that look. And I'd go, you know what? When the boat sinks offshore, we'll see who they find in three days. <laughs> It'll be me. Because your big muscle bound tight no no fat on you is gonna go boink straight to the bottom <laughs> like a rock. Me, I'm gonna roll over on my back and go, Manatee, look at me. Getting some sun. All of a sudden a harpoon comes through and a whaler gets you. <laughs> as long as I don't go as long as I don't go I'll be all right. You know, it's like uh, you know what? Boat sinks. We'll see who they find in three days. Yeah. I won't be the one clinging to the igloo cooler over there, 18 miles away from the boat. I'll be laying right here. Na, 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 na. Little insulation. Got to keep my body temperature up. It's all good. It's all fine. No. Well, good on you, man. Is this a New Year's thing? Yeah, I was uh, playing. Well, you sound so enthusiastic about the whole thing, Michael. I love Big Macs. Okay, I ain't going to lie to you. That's one of my favorites. Big Macs over the quarter pounder? Yes, definitely. Weird dude. It's got to be the sauce. Uh, It is. And I love it. (laughs) And I'll tell you, it's hard to not get a Big Mac. (laughs) I've never had a Big Mac in my life. Keep quarter pounder. Yeah, no, I'm a a quarter pounder guy. Never had a Big Mac. I just, I don't understand the third bun. I just, I don't get it. That's the filler. That's uh, that's part just, of the filler part uh, of it. Uh, uh, not for me. That's why they give it to you for two for five dollars. Uh, you know to help you fill oh, you no, up no, faster. No. If you do the two for five, always get the fish sandwich and the Big Mac. Now I just hold got, the fries. I, I guess uh, it's just weird. That's like my my wife. She would always uh, she loves Big Macs, but as soon as she got one, she would take the middle bun out and wipe all the orange stuff off of there and then put it back together. And I was like, why do you even order? In the first place no why well i just want a little and i don't want the extra bread lord have mercy yeah. but you know what and the reason why i'm assuming now is because if you ask for it that way it's going to cost you eight dollars and 53 cents there you have it oh you want us to take bread off and reduce the amount of ju- okay then that's going to be eight dollars sir uh, a little update here from bill george and uh carlos down south in cluiston down there duck hunting I have a nice group picture here where uh, Bill is holding up one, two, three. Is that three ducks? And Carlos has got his one. 
He's just sitting there in his DK Flatwoods. And uh, I don't see any waders, but I, I see rubber boots. I don't know if they were hunting out of a boat or whatever. They didn't go into detail, but so at least they're not coming back empty-handed. Although I was hoping, because I've, I've, I've cleaned a few of those blue wing and green wing teals, and there's really not a lot of meat on those bad boys when it comes to it. That's why I was hoping they would at least limit out so that we would get a little more noshing next weekend, hopefully. Are you coming in next weekend if you get a chance, if we got any ducks in here? I'll be in home assassin. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm heading up Thursday and coming back Monday yeah. night. Yeah, no one cares. Uh, my buddy Gino also uh, actually uh, texted me during the break about the celery fields. It's now, it's gone 180 degrees. And I say, why is that? He goes, because now it's become a bird watching place instead of a bird taking place. You can't watch through a barrel? Uh, you could probably look over a barrel as you're shooting. Yeah, sure. There you have it. I saw it, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to have to go down there and take a look at this place. And there's supposedly this big giant hill up there that everybody goes and runs around on. And I was thinking, man, that means those birds are going to be trying to go around the edge of it. You know, so you're going to be <laughs> shooting down on those birds. This would be awesome. That was one of the best one of the best tough hunts I ever went on was I went with Glenn one year. We went down to an old phosphate pit. And the old pit, they actually planted millet and all that stuff in the old pit. And there are the sides, you know, where it's all piled up. So it was still there around the edges. And there were so many people down on the floor below that I was like, man, I'm not going to go down there and bump elbows to those people. I'm going to get up on one of these ridges. And I got up, and every bird that made it through the melee came through my corner, all came at, like, eye level. Because they would come up, and they'd be just, you know how they always skim the yeah. top of the ridge? They'd come over right across the ridge, boom, boom, and literally landed right in front of me. Boom. I was like, this is the greatest dove hunting spot on the planet. This is awesome. All right, you can go ahead and push the button. Marcus. Hey, hey. What are you doing? I I just got on the turnpike off the of 60, and you guys are still coming in loud and clear. On the turnpike uh, headed towards Miami? Yes, sir. Really? Where did you where did you start your desert where did you start your journey from? Riverview. Riverview? So you went all the way down sixty straight down to the turnpike? Yes, sir. You didn't drop down and take sixty four or any of those what are you crazy? Well, I'm gonna do that on the way back. Ah. I'm, I'm going down to uh pick up an auto part that I've been searching for for since November. Oh now this is interesting. I need to know now what is the part that you've been searching for since November? I I'm sorry? What is the part you've been searching for since November? Ah! See, they got that cluest in AT&T over there. <laughs> we lost him. We lost him on the phone. He's gone. Oh, well. Well, I hope he finds his part. Or maybe he didn't want to because it's so rare. <laughs> maybe it's one of those ones where it's like, I'm not telling anybody. It is a, uh, it's a, Choke cable for a 1934 uh, Ford Roadster. Be hard that, to find. It would be nice to know what it is. I know. For now him, he's got my curiosity peaked. With, I need to know. If you've been looking for it since September, I mean, when you, if you can't find it. eBay? In, all these yeah, others? Yeah, all these others. And, uh, you know, you got the one. It's like the one guy who goes, I am looking for the front nut screw for the clutch case of a 1932 Indian chief scout model. 
with uh, the red hex screw in the front. You know, you got to have that one thing, <laughs> that one thing to make it complete. And if you don't get it, it's just not going to be right. Um, it's well, I hope he finds it. That's that's a form of hunting, trying to track down stuff. Uh, before we get out of here this morning, let me run down some of the things for you that we talked about on the show uh, earlier. We talked with uh, Michelle Payne, who is uh, out there getting the the first annual squirrel challenge that's happening in 2021. We invite you to uh, grab your kids, grab your wife, grab your friends, and get out there and uh, join them on February 6th. It's a Saturday. It starts from 6 a.m. until around 4, I think is the final cutoff for the weigh-ins. So it is your five biggest squirrels at the weigh-in. And you could also do a $5 side pot for the biggest squirrel if you want to do it that way as well. It's uh, prize money and lots of good times to go out there and hang out with the kids and have fun and frivolity and a day out in the woods. Even if you don't get nothing, it's going to be all good, right? Right. It's a perfect opportunity to go out there and have it. Are you going to do it, though? If I'm off that weekend, I am really seriously going to want to get up there and do that. Diego, you in? I'm going to try. Well, how's he going to do it? Right after it's the on show, a Saturday, right? Yeah, right you'd, after have the to show. Go, you'd have to go right after the show. What time does it start? Six a.m. But we're obviously we're not going to be there for I mean, that. Here, I know, and so we're not going to even get out of here until ten. Does that window open? So we get to noon, <laughs> dude. There are some monsters over here. <laughs> Diego's <laughs> popping them off of the window and wins. <laughs> right here in these pine trees, right here, dude. There are some monsters out here. Seriously. <laughs> Look at him. He's already scouting. You see this? Yeah, he, he he's looking for the one. I, I forgot about this spot. <laughs> I should have remembered that. We used, to, we used to dove hunt right here. I mean, it was like right here where this building is sitting. We used to dove hunt. Hey, there's going to be bird feeders lined up out there. You watch. That morning, there'll be bird feeders everywhere. Braden's hunt out this window. I can't open this. This window won't open, bro. If it could, oh, my gosh. Don't think I'd be out here. I'd be... uh. Well, I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> I can rephrase it. If this window could open up out there, that would look like Dealey Plaza. I ain't going to go. That'd be me with my 22 shorts hanging out the window. Yeah, I'm sure Shriner and Travis and everybody else here in the building would love that. So, wait, you're telling me there was an air talent in the building? Sniping squirrels from the studio. Is that what you're telling me? Use the cricket. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I got the little one. I got the. No, dude, I got the Savage. That thing's got a 26 inch barrel on it. You shoot shorts out of it. Listen, you hear this pin dropping? That's about how loud it is. Doesn't need a suppressor, nothing. I mean, it is literally. Uh, the bolt hitting is like clicking louder than the, the that, round coming out of that it. That morning, just make breaks longer and go out. During breaks, I don't think that the owners of the property here would probably be amused with. Uh, there's, <clears throat> there's some guy out in the parking lot. It looks like he has a rifle. I'm not sure, but everything is he's pointing at these little things on the ground, and they keep flopping around. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> anyway, it's going to be happening February sixth. Starts at six a.m. Hopefully, if we get out of here on time, we'll see. It's an hour drive. Get up there. So if we hustle, we can get up there by eleven, eleven thirty. Uh, do the check-in, or maybe they can let us do a call-in check-in, and then head over to one of the little evangelaries over there. And uh, David, I got David's got property up there, dude. I got I got spots up we'll there. Carpool. 
All right, Big and Wild Outdoors, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you guys next Saturday.